Blog Talk Radio.
Well, welcome to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Freebog, and I'll be your host this evening. Uh, should have a few people on the panel as well. I believe Paul will be on the line and a few others. And so I just want to thank you guys for tuning in tonight. If you need to call in, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. Also, you can go to the website, www.prayerinternational.org, or you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Also, we'll be getting some new email addresses uh, for prayer requests and, and so forth, and we'll be putting some of those up in the chat room in the next few days. So, again, we're going to go into a time of worship, and then we will be back uh, live probably in about 10 minutes.
Uh, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. Just want to uh, take a little bit of time to do some worship. Had a few prayer requests come in, so we'll address some of those uh, just in a little bit. And uh, anyways, we're going to go into a worship song. If you need to call in, 619-638-8458. Just want to let you know the chat room is open, so feel free to get in there. That way we can communicate. And also, uh, the website's up. And we've added some new features to the website, so feel free to check around in there a little bit, some new pages. And we'll be adding some video media soon. And also, we've got a message board, a few things like that that we're putting up there. So feel free to log into that and check it out. And that would be www.prayerinternational.org. All right, well, let's go into a time of worship. Days will come when you don't have the strength When all you hear is you're not worth anything Wondering if you ever could be loved And if they truly saw your heart They'd see too much You're beautiful
All right. Well, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Just I was looking through the chat room, and it looks like we've got a few prayer requests already coming in. So I want to take some time to pray, lift up some prayer to the Lord, lift up a few people to the Lord, and just ask God's blessing us on the show tonight. So, Father, we just ask, Lord God, that you would be praised, Lord. We just thank you, Father. And we just declare, Lord God, that you are good. And you are worthy to be praised. Lord, right now, Father, we just lift up, Lord God, the men and women that are listening tonight. Father, we ask your blessings upon every person, Lord. Father, we ask, Lord God, that you would touch everybody in their hearts by your Holy Spirit, that you would open up their ears to hear your word tonight, Father, as we declare your truth, as we read your word tonight, Father, just speak to us. Father, let your love, Father, just fill us, Lord, and I just pray peace, Lord God, over everybody listening. Now, Father, we just pray specifically, Father, we pray for our sister, uh, we just pray for our sister right now, Lord, and I just thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Lord, we just give you all the praise and glory, Lord. Father, we've had some prayer requests come in tonight, Father God. Lord, uh, Sister Lori, Father, she's having surgery soon, so we just pray, Father, that you would bless uh, Sister Lori, Father God, that you'd be with her, Father. Lord, we pray that you'd be with the surgeons. Lord, we just speak a new heart, a creative miracle over her. Father, we pray a blessing over her, Father. I pray, Father, when they go in, Lord God, that they find wholeness, Lord. They just find a new heart, so put a new heart in her. Father, right now it looks like we've got a key. Kiona is uh, asking for prayer. Uh, She's having some problem breathing. So right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, we just pray and ask everyone that's interceding, everyone that's listening uh, by phone or on the website, uh, pray for Kiona tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we just speak healing and health over her. Father, we pray your spirit would overshadow her and breathe in her the breath of life. Father, we declare no weapon formed or fashion against her can prosper. She's a child of the Most High God. Lord, sickness can come nigh her dwelling. No sickness can come nigh her tent. Father, we just declare the enemy has to take his hands off of her because she has the authority. Greater is the Holy Spirit. The greater is he that is in her than he that is in the world. And we just declare that right now, Father, in Jesus' name. So, Kiana, we just we just speak to you, and, and we're going to put some more worship on here in a minute. And, and as you're sitting under that canopy of worship, just allow the presence of the Lord to breathe life. Allow the Holy Spirit to breathe life into you. Even now, I just speak to your lungs. I, I tell them to clear up. I just speak to any condition. I tell them to go in Jesus' name. Clear breathing. So I pray in Jesus' name, your blessings over Kiona. And, Lord, I pray right now, Father, it looks like uh, we've got a family that lost a home uh, in a fire. We want to pray for them as well. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just pray, Lord. I pray, Lord God that you would touch, Lord God, uh, this family, 
They just lost their, uh, in the Asheville area. I pray, Lord God, that you would just bring support, bring help. Bring help. And, Father, we just ask, Lord God, that you would just help people in the community pull together, help people that are around this family pull together and bring them help from on high. We just thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, Lord, that you are an ever-present help in time of need. We speak peace over this family. Take away fear and take away fear from from Lori as she's going into surgery. Always speak with Tiana, no fear, just wholeness and healing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We also want to pray. We got a brother Ron that's on the road driving. And so we just pray blessings around him tonight as he's traveling and on the road. And all those that are listening, as they're calling in or listening on their uh, iPhones or computers, whatever they got, Android, we just speak blessings over all of you that are traveling. And those of you that are in your homes, we pray the peace of God rule your hearts, that the peace of God fill your home. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, since uh, this is kind of all of us tonight, we'll just see how it rolls. Uh, it's just, I know we've got Brother Ron that's listening in, and we've got a few other people uh, in the chat room listening in. And tonight, it looks like I'm hosting by myself. But, you know, I wanted to talk to you about overcoming. And the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And this is a year, I believe, where the Lord is opening up doors and opening up opportunities. And it's going to take the spirit of an overcomer, the spirit of a conqueror, the spirit of a finisher. You know, there's different terms we can put on this. But see, God calls us to finish strong and to do well. It's not necessarily where you start out or where you're at, but it's how you finish. We need to realize God has called us to take dominion, and even if we go all the way back to the first chapter of Genesis, God declares that he created us to take dominion. Take dominion. See, we are created in the image of God in his likeness. And he put us here in the earth to be caregivers. Now, there were blessings that were given to Adam and Eve. And these blessings were lost in the garden when the enemy caused Eve and Adam to be persuaded to follow another voice. You see, the devil came like a serpent. If you read the first few chapters of Genesis, you'll really get the overall picture of this 
whole scenario. You know, Genesis 1, 2, and 3, I suggest. And we may read it, actually, just to, to get some foundation. Because um, I really feel like the Lord wants to speak a word tonight to some of you that are seeking direction and seeking the word and the wisdom of God. See, there's there's nothing new under the sun. And the Bible says not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. Now, I want you to just keep Genesis 1, 2, and 3 as a frame of reference. If you know it, great. And we'll get back into it, and we'll get to it here in a minute. But I just want to talk freely for a minute. See what happened. God gave Adam and Eve a command. He said of, of the trees in the garden you could freely eat, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't touch it. Don't eat it. Don't have anything to do with it. And so they had this knowledge, they had this understanding not to touch, not to partake of the tree, not to partake of the fruit of the tree. And the enemy came along like a serpent, and he persuaded Eve, he persuaded Adam, and they both partook of the fruit. And as I meditated all these verses, I felt like the Lord brought to my attention that it wasn't necessarily the tree, but it was the fact that Eve and Adam chose to obey a voice contrary or another voice, another voice that was not in line with or opposite of the voice of God. See, God gave his word, and he said, hearken my commands. Do what I say. Keep my commandments. And in the garden, his commandment was, don't eat of this tree. Well, they chose to be swayed by the enemy. And I want to bring attention. I'm going to actually open up. I'm going to bring some attention to this specific passage, if I can. Stick with me. So let's get into the second chapter of Genesis. I've got the New King James Version. Uh, actually, let's go ahead and go to three. We'll just skip through it. So, Genesis 1, God creates the heaven and the earth. God creates everything in the earth. Genesis 2 talks about the creation of man. And then Genesis 3 is going to emphasize the temptation of the fall of man in the garden. So, Genesis 3. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now listen to that. Has God not said, You shall not eat of every tree? God didn't say that. That's not what God said. But the enemy took the word of God, he perverted it, he changed it just a little bit. Verse 2, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, 
God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you shall be like God, knowing good and evil. Now realize the first thing that the woman does is she goes back to the the servant and she reminds him and she tells him she begins to quote what God says. And see, when the Lord gives us his word, keep in mind that the enemy uses the same tactics, the same strategy. So the enemy uses the same strategies and the same tactics. And these tactics are the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Same thing these guys were tempted with, Adam and Eve in the garden. Same thing Jesus was tempted with. And if you read the New Testament, it makes reference to the same three, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So here, they're tempted to eat of the tree, lust of the flesh. They're tempted, and it says, if you continue, it says, verse 6, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. She also gave unto her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. So listen, her eyes were open. It was pleasant to the eyes, less to the eyes. They desire the fruit of it, lust of the flesh. And just like the enemy said, when you partake of it, you'll be as God. Pride of life. Same thing. That caused Satan to get thrown out of heaven. Pride. He thought he would exalt himself above the most high. And see, we're told. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, cast down those vain imaginations. Every high and lofty thing. When you're dealing with pride, when you're dealing with things in your life that are contrary to the word of the Lord, we need to cast them down. See, Eve's first mistake was that she did not cast down the the false voice and take heed to the word of the Lord. Adam's first mistake, he didn't cast down the false voice and rebuke it and take heed to the word of the Lord. And you know, listen to what happened when God comes to them. This is another issue. It says, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. 
Then the Lord God called to Adam, and he said, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Now look, God comes to Adam, and he begins to rebuke him and, and talk to him about the sin that he committed, and Adam doesn't take any responsibility for it. He points to the woman. So then God goes to the woman, and he talks to her about the sin she just committed. And he talks to her about, and she points to the serpent. She doesn't take any responsibility for her sin. She passes the butt. She points the finger to the serpent. So the Lord says to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. And on your belly, you shall go and you shall eat the dust all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. This is a prophecy about Christ. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. And your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife. See right there. You listen to the voice of your wife. You didn't listen to God's voice, Adam. You didn't listen to my voice, Adam, God says. But you listened to the voice of your wife. You didn't listen to my voice, Eve. You listened to the voice of the serpent. And see, God is calling us to listen to his voice, to hear his voice, to obey and follow his word. His written word, the logos, and the rain. The living word, the word that the Spirit breathed, which is always in line with the word of God. Always in line with the nature of Christ. Because it's the Holy Spirit that speaks to the hearts of men and women in the earth. So listen to this. It's kind of like E.F. Hutton. You know, when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. You know, Adam was Eve's leader. Adam was Eve's authority. But see, Eve was really the one that took the role as the influencer in the situation. She really took on the authoritative role, if you think about it. And Adam followed his wife rather than God. Together they led the humankind into sin. But what I'm trying to say is this. What was lost in the garden of Eden was gained back in the garden of Gethsemane when Christ shed drops of blood. And he went decided to go to the cross. He went to the cross. He rose from the dead. And he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And now we have the chance to be heirs 
to be sons and daughters of the Most High God, to be joint heirs with Christ, seated with Christ in heavenly places, to gain back our position in Christ and regain what was lost in the garden the first time. But in the same respect that we have that opportunity, the enemy also gives us opportunity to disobey the voice of the Lord. See, Christ's blood gives us access to the throne room. But even as Christians, we still have a responsibility to obey the voice of the Lord, to obey the word of God. And if we're following other voices, whether it be our own thoughts, the devil's voice, our own voice, or somebody else's thoughts, or their opinion, or their voice, and it's contrary to the word of God. See, Paul had a remedy for this. He said, every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, take it captive. Every vain imagination, every high and lofty thing, take it captive. Cast it down. Cast down. Beat it into subjection. See? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. And see, we have a choice to either conform to the world system, the enemy system, the world's voice, or the Lord's. We're faced with that same choice every day. And the Lord says, choose you this day whom you will serve. That's why if you go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 3 and 4, three or four times it says, today if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Today if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. What does that tell you? It tells you every day God is speaking. To you, his child, whether you're a son or a daughter of the Most High God, he's speaking to me. He's speaking to you. And we have a responsibility to position ourselves and to cast down all the, the things that exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ, all the distractions and the detours. Not look to the right or the left. To lay aside every weight and every sin that easily besets us. Looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. It says, who for the joy was set before him. Think about that. There was a joy that Christ received in obeying the words of the Father. And he said, look, obey my commandments. Why? So that your joy may be full. Hearken unto my word. Do what I say. Keep my commands. Why? So that your joy may be full. And see, when you're at peace with God, when you're at one with God, because you're keeping the word and the will of God and your conscience is clean before God. And yes, listen, we've got the blood of Christ. 
if we make a mistake, if we fall short, we can come to God. We can go to our brothers and sisters, confess our faults one to another, pray for each other, and we'll be healed and be restored. That's part of the process as well. But listen, when we're whole and clean before the Lord, there's a different dynamic that takes place. There's a different level of supernatural ability, I believe. Listen, the Bible says without holiness, no one will see God. And if we walk upright before the Lord and we cultivate an atmosphere of the presence of God in our lives, it will bring exponential answers to our prayers. We'll see supernatural signs and wonders happen when we just pray in Jesus' name. We'll see people healed, see people set free, see people get peace in their minds, healing in their bodies. And this isn't just for some elite bunch or some few. The Bible says in Mark 16, verse 17 and 18, if you read really verse 18, I guess, these signs shall follow them that believe. And then later it says, the Lord worked with them, confirming the word as it was preached with signs following. And if you're a believer and you preach the word of God, God has a responsibility to confirm his word. And so we need to begin to be bold. And with boldness, we need to be trusting of the Lord. And we need to allow the confidence of God to rise up in us. See, as you meditate on the the word of God, and the perfect love of God and the Holy Spirit begin to shed love abroad in your heart. And all of a sudden that, that love builds a confidence in, and that confidence builds a trust in God. And your trust in God builds faith in God. See, faith works by love. And as you begin to meditate on the word of the Lord and hear God's word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as you begin to hear God speak to your heart, as you begin to see your prayers answered, as you confess scriptural promises over your circumstances and watch God answer, it begins to build trust and faith. As you hear that word, your joy will be full. As you're in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy, and the love is shed abroad in your heart. And you can have peace with God. Listen, there's something special about being upright and being whole before the Lord. It's not a question of being holier than thou or thinking you're better than somebody or, or even that you've arrived or attained to some spiritual plateau. It's not that at all. But just keeping your heart and keeping your mind whole before the Lord. And like I said, it, it's a daily process of <clears throat> and confession and, and denying yourself, denying ourselves. But the reward, the Bible says that he that comes to God must believe that he is 
and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Okay? And God's blessings are, he does exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. What is that? The power of his word? The power of his spirit? The power of Christ in our lives? As we live a life that's pleasing unto the Lord, and we allow God to take control of our lives, truly, not just at an altar one time, but as we ask God into our hearts, so we've got our fire insurance, but daily taking up our cross, daily praying, daily seeking his faith, seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, he says, all these other things will be added unto you. So the Lord's calling us to a daily walk, a lifestyle of consecration, a lifestyle of intimacy through prayer and worship, a, a lifestyle cultivating a, a heart or a spirit, a, a openness on the inside of yourself to receive God's words through the church. And through men and women of God that are anointed, that are speaking truth from the scripture. And God will bring people along here and even speak to you himself, the Holy Spirit. And of course, that will all line up with scripture. And that's one thing that's the word of God here. That's why I wanted to read to you from Genesis 3 tonight. See, we've got to have a foundation in the word of God. The Bible says if our foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So listen, we're going to go into a time of worship. It looks like we've got a few people called in. I'm going to check with everybody in the screening rooms. We're going to break uh, for a song. And we're going to speak to nations. So we're going to uh, put a song on here and let you have some time to worship and stoke. If you need to call in, our call-in number is 619 6388458www.prayerinternational.org and our email is prayerinternational at gmail.com I just want to let you know if uh, you do feel led or you want to get involved we've got opportunities uh, you know for prayer team uh, for volunteering uh, with helping us out with some of our shows, if the Lord has got you in a place of intercession, or uh, you're, you know, maybe you're walking in a, a certain gifting, you want to kind of talk with us about that, or just kind of, you know, join forces. If you got a website or a radio show or a, you know something, maybe we can put some different links up on a page on our site, and if you want to do that as well, that way we can just continue to build the net. And the network, you know, across the internet, across through the radio and different media streams. And so, you know, that's really our heart. We want to see the Lord just do some amazing things. And so if you've got some uh, thoughts on that, uh, let us know. And also, you know, if you want to get involved with us and partner with us, uh, we do have uh, some different ways you can donate. You can go to our website and go to the donation page 
And we've got some PayPal uh, information up. You can donate that way. And also, we've got a website up on the uh, address up on the website if you want to donate that way. You know, this is the deal. And I'll tell this to anybody if, if you're in a church, be faithful in your tithing. If you're in a church and you go somewhere and you get fed on a regular basis, you know, the Bible says where your treasure is, your heart is. And, you know, God really tests us. That's one thing he says, test me and prove me. If you read Malachi, he says, test me in this and see that I won't see the windows of heaven. He says, don't rob me of tithes and offerings. And I know, you know, a lot of times when people talk about money, everybody wants to switch the channel or go the other way. All I've done is pray and ask the Lord if you should get involved with us, even financially. Be faithful to your local church in your giving. And if you support ministries and you've made vows to other ministries, be faithful to keep your vows. Do your best to keep and honor the Lord in your giving. So, look, enough about that. Just want to let you know that's scriptural. So, uh, praise the Lord. Look, we've got different information uh, in the chat room. There's a, yeah, a donation uh, deal. If you want to get involved and help out uh, with the family that's in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, you can check out our uh, chat room page. And we just want to let you know, uh, apparently at 11 o'clock, there's going to be a... a some type of news briefing. You can check out news in Asheville, North Carolina, I'm sure. Uh, sure they'll have something on it. So if you want to get involved, uh, check out the chat room. And if you want to pray with us, please do so. Listen, we are raising up global prayer. We are raising up a watch of prayer, not only for Israel, the United States, but for the nations around the globe, for local ministries, for uh, families and individuals that call in and write in and find us on the Internet. You know, we we want to reach not only as far as the east is from the west, around the globe to the four corners, but we want to be local. You know, we want to meet your needs locally through prayer, through teaching the Word of God, uh, just by being an encouragement and helping equip you to go into your future. So listen, it's about one minute past 11 o'clock. We're going to break for a song, and then we're going to speak to the nations.
Uh, well, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'm hosting the show tonight. Uh, it looks like I'm hosting the show by myself. Uh, I had a few callers call in to listen to the show. I had a prayer request that come in uh, by our sister, uh, Kiona. Uh, we were praying for breathing. Uh, apparently, it's cleared up, so we were just praising the Lord for that. But if you guys want to keep praying, uh, keep praying for Kiona, just that she has good breathing tonight and just period, you know, just good breathing. Uh, also, it looks like uh, our other sister uh, is having, it appears, if I'm reading right, she's uh, having some breathing trouble too, uh, Pet Prep Radio. So right now we just pray, uh, just for all this breathing, you know, just Father, in the name of Jesus, we just speak life. We pray your Holy Spirit would surround your people right now and that life, the breath of life would enter into them. The Spirit of Christ, Spirit of Christ, just just remove all the heaviness. Clear up the breathing. Clear up the breathing. And we just pray peace, peace of God. Take away any anxiety right now. The perfect love of God casts out all fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you power. He's given you love, and he's given you a sound mind. And so I just declare the peace of God. To rule your heart and mind by Christ Jesus. So you know we've been talking about obeying the word of God. And you know God holds obedience in a pretty high regard. It says that uh, if we're willing and obedient then we will eat the good of the land. It also says that the spirit of rebellion is like the spirit of, uh, of witchcraft. And that God wants obedience rather than sacrifice. So we need to realize that God is calling us to a walk of obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands. Constantly, we're reminded to hearken to the voice of the Lord. Why is that? Now, it's not to put us into a legal system or some system of law. You know, the law was given really to just show us how much we needed a Savior. The law was given really for our own good and to keep us from the plans and the attacks of the enemy. And the Lord, if you really look at the things contained in the law, and you look at the consequences to breaking the law, consequences to breaking the commandments, consequences to disobeying the word of God, um, some of them are pretty severe. But if you look at the blessings that are contained in obedience, the blessings that are in Christ, the blessings that are contained in the promises of God, uh, they're amazing. And they far outweigh, far outweigh, the negative. And so when I talk about obedience, I don't want it to sound like a, a heavy laden uh, yoke or a burden. See, Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And see, when we're filled with the love of God and we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we're filled with the love of Christ, we begin to do things because we love God. 
We begin to obey his word because we love him. We begin to keep his word because we don't want to hurt him. And God works in us the heart of an obedient son or daughter. And that's not to say that we never mess up, we never miss it, we never make mistakes, or we never sin. Not to say we never dishonor or disobey the word of God. We're all human. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Now, at the same token, I'm not giving everyone a license to sin and, and call it grace, grace. We have mercy. We have the blood of Jesus. We can do whatever we want and still get to heaven. I don't believe that the Bible teaches that. And I don't believe that anybody that's filled with the Spirit of Christ and truly following God with all their heart would try to teach that. But we don't teach that here. What I do say is this, is there's mercy and grace. There's also a standard of righteousness that God sets. Not only does Christ's blood have the power to forgive you of your sin, but it has the power to keep you from sin and keep you from bondage and keep you from partaking in things that are not expedient. They may be lawful. There's things that are accepted by the world. There's things that are accepted in the world standards. There's things that we've adopted into our Western mindset culture and even our 2012 culture globally. But the Word of God says these things are not expedient. They don't profit us anything. In fact, a lot of them are detours and distractions and things that are sent to derail us and get us back and get us off focus from our assignment. You see, the Bible says that all things were created and for God and and for his purposes were all things created. Christ created us for his good pleasure. And see, he's created you for a purpose. For I know the plans and the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Plans to do you good and not harm you. Listen, God's got a future. He's got an expected end. He's got a plan. He's got an assignment for you. And that assignment is contained in the Word of God. Part of that assignment is to 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Let me read it to you. And if you can go to it, go to it. And I'm just, I'm, I'm not using my technology tonight. I'm just using the Bible. Give me a second to turn to it. But First Thessalonians 5, 17, I want you to look at it. Uh, so First Thessalonians five seventeen it says this. Let's go sixteen. Let's back up. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. 
Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecy. Test all things. Hold fast to that which is good and abstain from every appearance or every form of evil. Now listen, this is 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 22. Real quickly now. The will of God for us is this. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Now that's God's scriptural plan for you. Don't quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test everything. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Or of evil. Okay, so this is the will of God for you outlined in the Word of God. Now, another portion of the Word of God and the will of God for you outlined in the Word of God is Go ye therefore into all nations. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's Matthew 28. The very last few verses. I suggest to read the whole chapter. It's great. And so there's scriptural promises. There's scriptural assignments. There's scriptural commands. There's scriptural uh, plans of God for you. One of them's in First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 22. Those are a few of them. Another one's in Matthew 28, the last few verses. Another one's in Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. And these signs will follow them that believe. Let's read about that. Be a cheerful giver. Oh, no, man, anything except to love them. There's all these different assignments that we have in Christ. And so what I'm talking about is when you're seeking out the will of God for you, go to the word of God, first and foremost. Now, sometimes your assignment may be specific. And there's certain guideposts and certain signposts that we can use to sort of narrow down our assignment and kind of narrow down what the Lord has for us. But a few of the most important things in your life that you need to really get a hold of is, number one, your Savior, Jesus Christ. Start a relationship with him. Be born again. Receive him into your life. Turn from your sins, confess your faults unto the Lord, and be healed. And receive Christ into your life. Receive the Spirit of Christ into your life. And enjoy the life that he's prepared for you. That's the first thing. Second thing is, get familiar with the voice of God. First, get familiar with the Word of God, the Bible, the Holy Scripture, Genesis through Revelation. Really get familiar with it. That way you can discern the Lord's voice from the enemy's voice. You can discern godly wisdom and sound advice from ungodly wisdom. And not all ungodly wisdom, understand this, do you know that not all ungodly wisdom, not all ungodly advice actually comes from ungodly people? Sometimes 
Christians, sometimes preachers, sometimes people with good intentions, godly people, will give you ungodly advice. So it's very important to have a working knowledge and develop, even if you just read it like a chapter a day, five or ten minutes out of your day, unless, of course, it's Psalm 119, it may take a little longer, but typically five to ten minutes out of your day, and you can read a chapter, one chapter of the Word of God. Some people like to read three and a half chapters a day, and they get through the whole Bible in a year. I don't know. But nevertheless, get familiar with the Word of God. What it will do, see, the Bible says, the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, and it separates the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It divides. It also equates the Word of God to a mirror. It says, whenever you look into the perfect law of liberty, the Proverbs says so, it's like beholding a man looking at his face in a mirror. He looks at it, and he sees what he looks like. Then he goes away, and after a while, he forgets what he looks like. But when you compare yourself to the Word of God, it begins to define a standard of righteousness, a standard of the Holy Spirit, a standard that's in the kingdom of God. And this standard, as you begin to behold the Word of Truth, will begin to show you how much of the kingdom and how much of the spirit, how much of God is actually in you. And how much of you and how much of the things in your life are contrary to or offensive to or not approved by God. And so it's very important to get very close and get familiar with the word of God. See, the word of God teaches you a few things. It tells you who the person of Jesus is. It also teaches you the principles of Jesus. It teaches you his principles. And so you can know the person of Christ and be saved for eternity. But if you don't practice the principles here on the earth, you won't experience the blessings of God. There's people that don't even know Christ that can practice godly principles in business and in relationships, in marriage, in time management, and all different things. And they can become successful and prosperous at it because godly principles work for people. And they still not know the Lord. And then there's another set of people that can know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord but not follow his principles, which in that respect, I don't know that they're really making him Lord if they're not following his principles. But they can confess Jesus as Savior and go to church and try to live a, a godly life or whatever, but not follow God's commandments concerning relationships and business and, and everything going on in this world. And then they wonder why they don't have the blessings of God. And it causes a disillusionment in their Christianity. Because, see, what they really do is they go through tradition and religion without any heartfelt obedience. And their tradition and their religion brings them to a dead-end street. But if they would just follow the Lord in heartfelt obedience and not so much worry about all the religious formulas and this and that, then the Lord can come into their life and honor them 
right where they're at. And so, see, there's a difference. But God is calling us not to a life of religious tradition. He's calling us to a life of obedience to his holy word. And I think people need to learn to distinguish between the two because, see, we've seen so much in religion and our organized churches. And believe me, I uh, co-pastor and help pastor and teach in a church along with my wife. And, you know, we're members of a church. We teach the singles group along with another brother, another friend of ours. We lead the prayer meetings. We lead Saturday night and Sunday morning prayer. Involved in leadership classes, small groups, altar ministry. So we're we're involved. We believe in local church ministry. But I'll say this. That's not the end of it. That's not where it stops. That's not what it's all about. It's about having a relationship with Christ. And leading others into a relationship with Christ. So if you're a Christian, you're called to lead. You know, sometimes we think of leadership. And I know I'm chasing a rabbit trail here for a minute, but we think of leadership as, you know, the, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, the apostle, the prophet, the intercessor, the soul winner, the door knocker the guest speaker, whoever it is. That's how we think of leadership. Maybe in a business realm, a manager or a supervisor. In a family sense, maybe it's a father or a mother or an older sister or brother or an outside family member or a mentor. But leadership, at some point, everybody is going to lead somebody. At some point, somebody's going to follow that person. At some point, you're always going to lead. Somebody's always going to follow you, whether it's one person or a hundred or a thousand or a million or ten million. You're always going to have a sphere of influence, no matter where you're at or what you're doing. And see, God uses the practical things in life. And even our everyday situations to train us and mold us and make us, shape us and use it for his glory. If we'll just begin to trust the Lord with wherever we're at, we'll find ourselves leading and feeding people all the time as Christians. As we begin to allow God's light and God's hope fill us, as his presence and his glory fill us, as his peace and as the fear and anxiety leads us, and people see a strength and a grace, listen, as people see a strength and a grace, they'll begin to want to know our Jesus. As we lift Jesus up, as we allow Jesus to be Lord of our lives, as we begin to obey his word, as we begin to get a clear conscience and that peace with God and allow the Holy Spirit to fill our lives in his peace and his love and his joy, truly pour through our lives. If you're not experiencing his peace and his joy and his love, then you're not experiencing his presence on a regular basis. You're not encountering the living God 
if you're not experiencing these things. It doesn't matter if you're Baptist or you're Pentecostal or you're Assembly of God or you're Methodist or whatever. Okay, if you receive Christ in your life, He's a living God. Now, your style of worship or some of your doctrine or theology may uh, be a little different. It may vary. But the bottom line is Christ is the Savior and Lord. Christ is the Messiah and the soon coming King. It's by the blood of Jesus, and it's only by Christ that we have any entrance into heaven, into God, into the throne room, into the presence of God, into eternity, period. And so you may explain it a little differently than some, but the bottom line is you must be Lord. You must be born again. You must have an acknowledgement and a receiving of Christ and his spirit into your life. You must turn away from your sin and, and confess him as Lord and Savior. And we do suggest you follow him in baptism to show the separation, the burying of the old man and the raising of the new man in new life with Christ. Water baptism. I suggest it. It's scriptural. And it's very cleansing. It's very freeing. I also suggest following the Lord in prayer and in worship and cultivating a heart of prayer, cultivating a heart of worship and allowing the presence of God to fill your life. And you can take a step further and begin to seek God for what we call the filling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the filling of the Holy Spirit or being endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus talks about it. The books of Acts talks about it. Corinthians and Romans also make reference to it. The book of Jude makes reference to it continually throughout the word. Really from Genesis to Revelation, there's plenty of references about being filled with the Holy Spirit and having the Holy Spirit come upon a believer. See, there's Christ at salvation is the Holy Spirit coming within, the Spirit of Christ coming within the believer. But when you're anointed for service and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and you're anointed with the Holy Spirit to go do the works of Christ or proclaim the Word of God or do whatever He's called you to do, the Holy Spirit also comes upon a believer. So there's the Holy Spirit within, and there's the Holy Spirit upon. Two different experiences. You get saved and you get born again one time, and you receive Christ into your life one time. But after that, there's multiple feelings, multiple experiences and encounters with the Holy Spirit. you got to remember, when you're born again, that's your entrance into the kingdom. But the life that God has for us and the life that is in Christ is so much more in-depth than just receiving Christ. You know, when you meet somebody for the first time and you talk about a few surface things, if that's all you ever do is meet somebody one time and have one conversation with them and talk about a few surface things, the the, the depth of that relationship is not going to be very deep at all. But if you have a continual communication with that person and you begin to build trust and share intimate details of your life, and you begin to let the Lord share the intimate details of his life with you, 
The Bible says the secrets of the Lord are with those that fear him, which means they're secret. He says, Jeremiah 33 says in verse 3, it says, Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great mighty things that you don't know yet, which means there's things you have no idea about. There's secrets that God has. And if you'll get in the secret place, and you'll get vulnerable with God, and you'll humble yourself, and you'll let your walls down, and you'll pour your heart out to God, guess what? He'll pour his heart out to you. If you share your heart with God, he'll share his heart with you. If you're concerned about his will and his desires and his best interests, guess what? He's going to be concerned about your best interests. If you commit yourself to his family and his people, and you commit your family to him, he's going to be about blessing your family. See, there's a law of reciprocation in the kingdom, and it says this, if you sow, you're going to reap whatever you sow. If you sow your time to God, he's going to give time to you. If you sow money to God, he's going to bless you with a return. If you sow your prayers to the Lord, you're going to have people praying for you, whatever it is. If you give him your gifts and your talents and abilities, then he'll increase those gifts and talents and abilities. And those gifts and talents and abilities will make room for you. We'll open up opportunities for you. And you'll find yourself in the assignments and in the plans of God. So begin to press into God. Seek God for his word. Read the Bible. Pray and create an atmosphere. Create a, uh, cultivate a heart and a mindset and an opening of your spirit. To receive his word, to receive his presence, and to receive his instructions as he leads you in your conscience, as he speaks to your heart, as he leads you through godly relationships, and you confirm it through his word. Well, he's got amazing things for you. If you're a child of God, You've got nothing but glory to look forward to in your future. I won't say that you'll never go through anything because God knows we go through trials and tribulations. We go through things. But the good thing is is we've got a Savior. We've got a, a God. We've got a Father in Heaven who sent us the Holy Spirit as a comforter and guide to walk with us here on the earth and to get us through every fire, every flood, every trial, every temptation, every situation, every circumstance, whatever it is, whatever you're facing, the Lord promises not to leave you or forsake you. He'll not leave you comfortless, but he'll walk through it with you. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I just pray for every man and woman, every child, every teenager that's listening tonight. Lord, I pray your blessing upon them. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, bless them today with daily bread. Provide for them. Show them that you care. 
Pour out your spirit over their lives. Give them ears to hear your voice as your spirit leads them and guides them. Give, give them hearts to obey what they hear. Now, Holy Spirit, breathe and fill and bring peace and bring your presence. And we just ask your will be done, Lord, your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, feel free uh, to email us, www.prayerinternational.org. It's the website. We've got different uh, things you can go to there. Uh, prayerinternational at gmail.com is the email. All right, God bless you and good night. Declaring the word